Welcome to the People Persons Paper Podcast, the show where we are going chronologically through every episode of the NBC sitcom The Office. My name is Hilton Price. With me, as always, is Brian Sittler. Hello, folks. How's it going? Hey, uh, it's been a good couple weeks. We took uh, a little yeah. bit of a break. That's right, as uh, most people do. We holidayed it up. We did. That was fun. Times two. And uh, and now, slowly, uh, things are getting back into high gear. Stragglers coming back to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. And we got a lot of friends hoping to, to come along. We do. Yeah. We do. Happy to see them along for the ride. Yeah. So we wanting should, to be along for the ride. Should be seeing some more new faces on the show and some, some good uh, returns of old friends. Mm-hmm. But the uh, newness starts today, though. It sure does. Uh, someone who I've been talking to about being on the show for a while now, uh, Tulsa's own Joey Duffy. Hello. Welcome Hello, to sir. the show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Joey, you're a musician, a writer, um, a podcaster, man about town. Um, uh-huh. you, uh, of course, uh, lead singer and uh, pianist with the band Cliff Diver. Yes. Which nice. uh, you guys have been doing it. Uh, it's it's measured in months at this point. Yes. Yes. And, we've been doing oh. it for eight months. Eight months. Just about. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I, in recent memory, I cannot remember uh, a, pro- a local stage. project blowing up so quick. <laughs> you guys have just had such... Great support and success. It's been pretty wonderful and and well deserved. Uh, I thank you. Uh, the music is great, uh, uh, absolutely, and it's it's available, which I think was a, a big part of it. Is you you guys very quickly said, "Here's our work, and you can check it out right now." Exactly. We wanted to very quickly from our launch point of giving people music because I mean, you're you're gonna go to shows more often if you know the songs. I mean, mm-hmm. you want to sing yep. along. That's just part of music, and yep. so. It's been a, uh, it's been awesome. And you, you know? guys have great songs to sing along too, well, which I appreciate is great. That. You know, it, it's good music that you want to be a part of, which makes for that live experience. We've even been, better. we've been really blessed. Uh, it helps that I had a local music podcast yes, and, and sure. <laughs> knew a lot of musicians, so we were able to, and all everybody in our band was in other bands, so it's like kind of this coming together of okay we know how to do this yeah let's just do this like we should and it's been great it's oh you guys have all been involved in the Tulsa music scene for a while exactly and uh, you're definitely uh, you you've been a high profile personality in Tulsa someone that you know is has always supported the work of others so you know obviously people gravitate to try and uh, uh, support you and and you just have rewarded us with good art in in spades thank you I appreciate that Uh, my main accomplishment though I'm I like to think of myself is the heir of Evan Hughes. You know, <laughs> uh, one day um, I hope to take over his kingdom, but yeah. uh, no time soon. No, no, time. no, no, no. no. Uh, long he, live the king. Yeah, long live the king. I wouldn't be. He came up with the idea of the sound of Tulsa, my podcast, with me. Really? Did he? So, oh, that's great. And I'm glad you mentioned the podcast, but you mentioned you're, you're a host of the Sound of Tulsa, yes. which uh, last year won the Best of Tulsa Award from Tulsa Voice. So, so very popular, nice. uh, highly regarded podcast there. And you guys you sit down and talk to musicians here in town. Exactly. And we're, we're going to bring it back this year as a video. We're going to do live Ooh. performances, live interviews, and cool. do uh, behind-the-scenes type stuff at like shows to show yeah. you kind of... To demystify the musician. Yeah. Because you're more likely to support your friend, who you can see is just like you, just trying to express themselves, than just some dude who plays guitar, you know? Yeah. So if we can kind of 
uh, reveal the magic behind it and see the struggle and the, mm-hmm. the effort, then maybe we can get more people to come to shows, stuff like that. And, and oh, my yeah. first thought is how much that's going to resonate with Tulsa musicians because we have so many just great, unique personalities here, oh, yeah. just creative people that have good stories to tell in who they are as much as in their art. And, and there's a lot of community these days, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we, I hang out a lot with comedians and, sure. and visual artists, and we all just kind of, like, go to each other's shows and yeah. support mm-hmm. each other. And there's, I think, uh, the old age of competition um, is kind of changing into one more of yeah. encouragement and support. I think it's because we all see how much more successful we can be when we're all utilizing social media to cross-promote events to different crowds. And, like, Tulsa is better as an art scene, as a community, as opposed to a competition. We will always do better together. Well, and... and A smaller smaller scene, that that seems to be the... Yeah, that would work better than competition because there's not not the numbers that are in bigger cities. If if the more people who who make it to doing their dreams, Mm -hmm. the better it is for the rest of us because then more people will see what Tulsa is doing. Mm Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's all we want to do. How, and just stay like that. How often are we sharing bills where you've got multiple artists on a bill? So you can't be you. You guys, it's it's everyone has to work together to win the audience. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, that, and that's all. It's, it's that's been it's always been it's us versus the audience, but in a in a luring way. You right. know, we want you to come play with us. We have to entice them to come see what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? we yeah. we started doing um these shows at at the Rabbit Hole. The, yeah, or the Cliff Diver sessions, mm-hmm. the Rabbit Hole sessions, and so we do three bands and a comedian. Yeah, because cool. we want. To, to constantly be showing other parts of the arts. And I, I love that there's like these like Landry's Variety Show, like all these ways that mm-hmm. there's these crossover worlds between yeah. all the art scenes. And I think that's important for us all to just yeah. be able to see what everyone's doing. And it's, yeah. it, I'm constantly blown away by new talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like to go to the rabbit hole from what? a personal standpoint. I haven't been there yet. Yeah. Oh, rabbit hole's good. Yeah. yeah. John's but doing a great job over there. Yeah, cool. It's good food too. It's fun, and I, and I like that we have multiple businesses named Rabbit Hole in Tulsa. That right. makes me happy. Do we? Uh, you know? Yeah. Because you've also got Rabbit Hole Improv. Yeah. Uh, the the folks that were formerly the Comedy Parlor. See, I think that's what I would. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's I two. You, oh, if you okay. if you're a rabbit, you need a hole. Tulsa's got you, baby. There's a couple boroughs available yeah. at any given time. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got more boroughs than NYC. We don't. We don't. It's not. Yeah. I was. But man, and uh, oh, today, wow, we've been chatting. We haven't even talked about uh, today's episode. Uh, is oh, I'm sorry. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I know. This is the problem when your guest is also a podcaster. Exactly. Because we get immediately into deep discussions. <laughs> the tangents are there before the topics. Well, there is so much to talk about. It's yeah. true. So, so. Um, but there's also this episode to talk about. Yeah. So today's episode is about the Tulsa music and art scene, but yeah, it's exactly. also also about as season. performed by people in Scranton. <laughs> It's a great interpretation. <laughs> exactly. That's wonderful. Uh, season uh, what three. An episode, season three, episode seventeen, a business school is where we are today. And how uh, far we've come. Uh, of course, where Michael will be visiting Ryan's um, business class. And I want to throw the question out there: What kind of? What do you think? Did he have a C or a D in the class? I think he had a C. Okay. I think he had a low C. I, I think he hits like 71, 72. That's where he's worried That's about it dropping below the C mark, and he has to bring it up to the B. Had he okay. had a C plus, maybe he wouldn't have done w- it. No, I, done. I, don't, I don't think he would have done it. I, I think that he knows at this point what Michael is capable of. Yeah. But he's just on edge the whole episode because he's just like, 
but I don't yeah. know how to do this. But then he really, uh, someone said it during the episode that he he should have said something different. Yeah, it, he right. should have set it up different. If he you know told who Michael, Michael is, that was a yeah. hit job. You know who Michael is. You know what he's capable of, right. and you know. It's it's on you know, him not only for not explaining like yeah. hey they're gonna ask you some questions yeah but also uh, for not being like hey what are you gonna talk about right because to Michael it's a performance he just said mm-hmm. he's a, yeah. all he saw, tells mm-hmm. me is he's a guest speaker right and and Michael thinks it's because Ryan thinks that he's, he's great exactly. and and since yeah. Michael idealizes Ryan right as the ultimate like man of who he wishes he could be then mm-hmm. he wants when Ryan's acceptance means everything exactly and we also have to mention that this episode had its roots in another episode called the fire yeah where Ryan burns a cheesy pita and while Michael spends at least half the episode being just being jealous that Ryan went to business school yeah and, and oh and of the, course and now to and then he didn't go to business he school. didn't go to business yep. school he had all the memories that he would have had he's mm-hmm. longing and and now he's but this is his ultimate shot and he gets to do it in front of Ryan yeah and he thinks it's gonna be amazing the problem with oh. it is that Ryan he should have said something but that would require him to act to act honestly to Michael yeah and tell him exactly what he thinks which he knows is, which is what he says which you hear it him say it but he never tells that to Michael right yeah so it's it's some kind of you know. uh, is that a thing of his youth is that he's just hands off he just doesn't want to well, deal he so he doesn't want to be in this job anyway doesn't he, wanna, he doesn't want any of this yeah. yeah but he doesn't want to lose the job because yeah. he has to have it yeah, and yeah. he I think and, and he also has favor with his boss who loves him for sure <laughs> and, and but Ryan up to this point has been a, a, a very selfish person. Yeah. If if you just consider Ryan oh, yeah. as a character and and the future arc, even he's always been this little bastard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Self serving. Even even to the very end, the very last episode oh, with, with him and Kelly, way. where he comes yeah. and has like stole someone's baby. Like where you get that baby? But that's yeah. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but it, it's like he's always sure. been self serving. Yeah. And he always has. So he just sees it as an opportunity. He doesn't even consider Michael's feelings. No. No. He's just getting the grade. Yeah. And yeah. so he's doing his own thing. He he's his own train on a track. So he's not even worrying about it. Yeah. So it's just ask Michael to do it. Don't you're not gonna. You're well, not going to set him up. You're not going to course correct. And in the process, I mean, he the makes o- it worse. The only way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really fucks himself over because he's like, "Oh God." Oh, but because uh, by yeah, the because end, he doesn't tell him exactly what's going to happen because Mike's, you know. And then he sets foolish. him up with that with that monologue about how Dunder Mifflin's failing and no one yep. is going to do anything about it. Michael thinks he's going in there to be praised as like the world's greatest boss and oh, salesman yeah. and emeritus. That's uh, true. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, a visiting professor, special lecturer, emeritus. Right. Yeah. And that, but that's what he thinks. He thinks it's because Ryan is so inspired by him, mm-hmm. and so why would he think anything differently? And that, yeah, you know. But and 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 that's that. The way that that turns is so beautiful, and and the way that he is broken down question by question, mm-hmm. and, and to finally have the thing that truly pierces his armor being that the idea that Ryan betrayed him. Right. Yeah. That was the camel. Uh, yeah. Broke the camel's back. Yeah. That was the it, you know, I when I was younger, I used to think like, man, these questions are so like it's just business school kids being mean to Michael. Well, of course, I was in college during this, like I didn't right. really understand. But now right. I got a little older. I'm watching. I'm like, these are normal questions that you would ask a management in a company when you're in business school and you're trying to understand things. Yeah, they weren't like really mean or bad questions. They were just like, so what are you gonna do? That's like, the words yeah, they yeah. talked about. That those are the things they talk about in school. It's it's and and they're trying to talk sense to him. Yeah, but he only sees it as an. 
insult. Well, and, and sure enough, when he heard when he hears the the index or whatever, he he immediately Herfindahl. Yeah, he he does <laughs> whatever that is. Treat it like they are bullying him. Yeah, and, and yeah, then, and yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah. them picking on him. It's that's not real. Well, Michael's yeah. been such a company man. Yeah, you know, oh, from from yeah. the beginning, and, and oh, yeah. you see that even more later. Fiddly. He he believes in Dunder Mifflin with everything he has. Oh, yeah. And he believes everything that David Wallace has been telling him about, you know, not keeping... They've always kept Michael in the dark. Yeah. You see it in all the other episodes because Michael does not operate logically. He operates 100% emotionally. Oh, yeah. With whatever he does, which when it's good, it's Hilarious. wonderful. Yeah, but good. when it's not, it's... Tragic, <laughs> and so like Cringeworthy. I don't think he knew that Dunder Mifflin was struggling. I don't think there was anything in his mind. No, no I, I, and if he I did, he, did, he just right. denied it. Yeah, he yeah. just he was in denial in some mm -hmm. way. And so I think that that was just like he's kind of like no, it was cognitive dissonance. That's what it was. It was that moment where his brain couldn't handle new information. Yeah. It's like he had that familial, though, connection to it, though. Mm -hmm. Work was family for him. Uh -huh. and other than oh, that's, that's the passion, other than the emotion. Shit, exactly. Yeah. It's sort of like combined into an awkward way. And that's why, in the end, that's what was able to crack him. Because, Ryan, that's family. That was family no, turning no, on. No, him. he even says he said it was. He says it was just business. Business mm -hmm. is the most personal the thing, thing in the world. Yeah, in yeah. the world. Mm -hmm. Actually, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's, of course, been the story of Michael for the past, you know, two and a half seasons at this point is he he does. This is his family. You know, yeah. we've seen his home life. It is lonely. It is pretty empty. Mm -hmm. You know, this is where he gets that from the fulfillment, yeah. that contact with yeah. others. That this is this push is where and pull. that's why when Stanley leaves, it's like a death in the family for him. And he's yeah, you know, he's that affected, even yeah. though it's a character that could care less for him. Exactly. Uh, Meanwhile, while he's at the school with Ryan, uh, um, the office, his we a, family, we got, visit, we got a visitor. It's it's in chaos at Dunder <laughs> at Dunder Mifflin Scranton. Yeah. Uh, Dwight, of course, finds uh, the the animal poop out off the side of the reception desk, and we have a bat on our hands. <laughs> and true animal controller. Which and of course this Since is he a, was six years old. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I love that the, the way around he, the block. The way he says controlling animals is just so <laughs> suspicious. Controlling it. Because Dwight very has clinical. Yeah, for, very much so. Dwight has yeah. all the best qualities of a sociopathic murderer. Yep. It's just <laughs> yeah. I think work and being a salesman is what he fills his passion with. Because if not, I think he would probably kill people. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I think his he's always ready. His like he, even later in this episode, he's got the steak ready. Oh yeah, oh, yeah and true. knows who to turn to when he needs one. Well, thank God he has Creed. Yeah, <laughs> who who has I think yeah. murdered several people. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, well, this, uh, of including Creed Brett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he kind of he kind of said so as yeah. much. On the, the, the Halloween episode, yeah. where he, he goes, Last "What word. a lucky coincidence." <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, it's the one later one when they when they get robbed. Oh, like, yeah? well, nobody steals from Creed Pratt and gets away from it. The last person who did his name was Creed Pratt. <laughs> oh man, yeah. The but we uh, got a good dose of Creed in this. We do get some good Creed. I I, I gotta say I enjoy that always. Yeah. I always want more Creed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's my favorite. I just want like the full backstory <laughs> of of, of how he got to that job. I love how they do give the uh, the uh, the grass grassroots connection in the uh, last episode. Like how they just decide to finally be like, yeah, come clean. And be like, oh yeah, total musician had a whole life, and, and yeah, yeah. you know, you know. I mean, they practically turns say Google out. it. You know, <laughs> turns out, yeah, that's true. Like, you kind of get that a little bit of backstory on him. He's yeah. a fantastic guitar player. He is. Yeah. he's a great performer. We got to see. We were lucky enough to see him over uh, at Vanguard over just at Vanguard. a few months back. 
That was a good okay. show. What? Uh, Creed Bratton was here. Yeah. What? Just a few months ago. Yeah. Here? At, at Vanguard, yeah. yeah. It's outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> Our friends uh, Shauna Blake and uh, Raj Suresh opened for him. That's mm-hmm. uh, super sad to hear. Yeah. He might come not, back. That, not that they opened for him, that he was here and I, I didn't see him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll be back. He'll be back. That's his second That's second time now. Yeah. <laughs> he a, might be. Yeah, that was the second time. At least so. his second time since the show, so... What what I, I think is is that uh, it's interesting how they all react to the bat when it comes down that Dwight just starts screaming. Yeah, it's yeah. a bat, 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 <laughs> and, and when it flies out of the conference room later, it's Dwight again going bat, bat, bat. <laughs> I'm like people have forgotten that there's uh, there's something about bats though the sporadic movements that oh, freaks yeah. me it out. It is off putting. Mm. Like the old zoo exhibit in the rainforest where they had the bats just hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, I know. I, I yeah, like yeah those no, I still get like anxiety walking through that room. I'm just like no, 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 no. Something See, about the unpredictability, the <laughs> maneuverability. Exactly, it's just like birds. Which yeah. which kind of makes the uh, I lived in Austin, Texas for six and a half years, and yeah. one of the attractions, things to do, which I actually right near my job was a bridge that had bats that would come out at night and people gather to watch them. Wow. So that's they were one like yeah, bat fans. In bat in the season when it happens. They okay. sell shit like when they when they're there. I oh. mean it's like a, it's an institution. But it's like they've controlled the environment though, where you the bat the bats aren't flying at you. Yeah. They're flying way out to go get their Insects and whatever. Batland. And it's actually necessary for the Batland. environment. So yay Batman <laughs> land. Yeah. Whatever. Batman land. <laughs> yeah. Is there a guy that really loves it and he's he's Batman. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, uh yeah. Man, all right. Bat anyway. Bat. So anyway, but the bat Bat. 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Anytime you no, get lost poop. in thought, we're just gonna start chanting bat <laughs> at you. <laughs> and then I'm gonna say poop, poop, poop. Poop, poop, poop. Is coming from the ceiling. It's raining. It's <laughs> raining from the ceiling. <laughs> there's a there's a YouTube clip. That just has her saying poop over and over again for 10 minutes. I <laughs> watch it. You know who I always feel bad for, and this episode reminded me, is Karen. Yeah. She, she really does her best to be Jim's girlfriend while trying to be a successful working mm-hmm. lady. Like, she's concentrating on her job. It's important yeah. to her. Oh, yeah. And, and that's... So you're in Camp Karen. Yeah, yeah, well, I think Pam is one of the most selfish characters in the history of television. She's constantly self-serving her own needs. Wow. And she, she only exists in her own world of Pam is this pretty girl and see i'm gonna need to go back and watch this and try to try to envision how you got to that uh it, it's just there's this awesome article i will send you okay that really opened my eyes yeah. to the uh the manipulative nature of pam beasley she got back with roy just because she couldn't have jim and 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 now roy now wait <laughs> okay so we have we and i only say it because we've caught specific moments that throughout this season where Roy has really shown qualities of trying to tr- work harder yeah. to be more attentive. Yeah. Roy has he has made a convincing case. And I think Roy has. Yeah. And I think I and it's not on Roy. I think Roy is doing the best he can. He realized he was yeah. you know all this stuff and then he tried. He showed up, yeah. and Roy's yeah. not a great guy with emotions. No, no, no. And he, no, no. but he showed up, and he tried to give yeah. her compliments. See, and he, and he's he, a knucklehead that's, about that's it. That's the thing. You know? To him, he's not being manipulative. He's he's actually made. He, he's him and Roy, Roy's the best. But uh, he's just at not this doing. Point. He doesn't. His intention, though, is more. He's more gratified that he did the gesture. Yeah, because he. But Pam doesn't care because Pam. Yeah. Is only using Roy because Pam can't be alone. So she sees Roy trying, and she's like. Whatever, I can't watch Jim be happy. It's not fair. You don't um, think it's you don't think it's I can't have the guy I'm into. Mm-hmm. 
oh, but my ex, who of course I do love, is he's showing signs of change, and no. yeah, and I'm tired, and I miss him, and yeah. I miss someone. I think oh. Pam Beasley is a sociopath. I'll send you both the article. If she's right. a sociopath, she's the most she's, interesting. She's subtle. She's inter- subtle. Sure. <laughs> she, she later like bullies her way like into Pam. a new job. She bullies Gabe into giving her a new job. Yeah. I just she, love Pam so much. She constantly Pam. is is an opportunist. She quits a good job to go so she could you know, it's just we won't get into this. It'll take the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not a giant Pam fan. Right, I like right, Pam and Jim. Right. I think it's cute. I was very yeah. happy when they got together. Sure. sure. And I'm less of a Pam fan in the beginning than towards the end. Oh, wow. Interesting. Until it crosses it's back generally. into her having a full-blown emotional affair because she couldn't have her husband do exactly whatever she wanted. But, you know. Don't you hate when that happens. We'll get into that. <laughs> a lot of people hate that guy. Yeah. But yeah. I, 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 a lot of people. And, that's and it's my name. It almost... <laughs> <laughs> Back to the point. I love I love Karen Filippelli. I yes. think she's doing the best she can, and, and she shows it here. She's oh, not yeah. really into it, Absolutely. but she's trying. She is trying. She was such an into Parks and Rec for me because when she left the office, I was so disappointed. Oh yeah, for sure. I wanted her to stay and, and be a character. And we've talked about you know how she could have stayed, and they could have evolved her character arc the way they do so many. Of course, know? Ann Perkins is one yeah, of my oh, absolute favorite people. Ann Perkins. Ab- oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I've I've grown, and I know it might be blasphemy, but I I see Parks and Rec and The Office as equals now. It used to be The Office and then Parks and Rec, but the more I watch Parks and Rec, the more I realize that what a golden age for NBC. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, really for comedy, Mm -hmm. after the 90s, they thought it was all over because the early 2000s NBC was so bad. Yeah, <laughs> so bad. There's, that's the thing about TV is some of those dark times, man. You can go back and see some of these shows, and there's some really scary TV out there. And it's just like, why did we think that this was a good idea? Yeah. Why you know, there was you know. a a Geico caveman TV show, <laughs> yeah. all right, in the early 2000s. Uh, that's all that needs to be said about the dark times. Oh yeah. Wow. See, and, yeah. We, you, you need to find that and watch it again. It's worth a rewatch. I've seen clips, man. It's not. It's not good. It's not funny. It's it's real bad. <laughs> there's I I would say there's no podcast for that, but let's be honest, there probably is. <laughs> <laughs> there probably is a caveman show podcast. <laughs> I think there's a rule, an internet rule out there somewhere. If there is a subject, there is a podcast. Covering that subject. There's got to be, or at least some YouTube video of some fourteen-year-old being like, "Well, that's not what it was really about." <laughs> There's some form of media talking about that. Welcome to the Cro-Magnon cast, where we're going chronologically through every episode of that caveman show. You guys ready to <laughs> ride? <It'll happen>. <laughs> <laughs> but there's only six episodes, so it'd be a very short-lived podcast. Just doing it all in one take, folks. <laughs> <We've>, <laughs> that, that might be a good special episode for you all, just doing a full guy, Geico caveman. You should look up all those random shows that have been canceled and just see how many podcasts there are about them. Right, yeah. And what their names are. We'll, we'll, we'll do some name dropping on this show. Send some folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll appreciate it. You know, I don't know. But like, damn, that bat's flying around. Are you a fan of Herman's Head? We got a podcast to tell you about. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Parker Lewis Can't Lose? Yeah. Oh, God. There's, I bet there's at least two. <laughs> podca- for Parker Lewis Can't Lose. If not, we should start one. And then don't forget about the other one, Parker Lewis. Parker. Those are, <laughs> they, those took, they took the Can't Lose out after oh. a while. Oh, wow. I don't remember that. It doesn't matter. It appears that he, he <laughs> could lose because yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. So he obviously did lose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's right. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Damn you. Well, we got to change time. the show now. Yeah. Death comes for us all. Yeah. It's the second time I've said that today. <laughs> oh, is. that's interesting. It is. <laughs> Today's lesson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Uh, death um, could 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 Goodbye. come can't come for Jim. Death can't come for Jim Goodbye. anymore now that he has been bitten by a vampire bat. Oh, uh, which I th- I love. It's an, ace, uh, it's an ace prank, and it's a and it's a it's, it's a fun storyline considering our director this episode is yeah. Joss oh. Whedon, which I learned today. Which I <gasps> yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, it's <gasps> the only episode of the show he directed. Uh, and of course, he was uh, known most at the time, and, uh, and maybe still for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, well, I guess now he's probably known for directing the Avengers. You know that 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 small indie art film. But, maybe uh, it might, word might have got around. Maybe. maybe. So, I and, don't know. And less so for the Justice League. But, you know. <laughs> was he? Oh. <laughs> yeah, he stepped in when uh, Zack Snyder stepped off. Oh yeah. I, I really enjoyed Angel as well. Yeah, liked Angel a lot. No. 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 <laughs> Did you watch it? I all? did when I was like fourteen. I yeah. thought it was so cool. I, he was so like cool and hot, and like all these girls threw themselves at. I love that. Yeah. But <laughs> rewatching it after I rewatched Buffy a few years ago, I rewatched Angel and got like halfway through the first season was like, oh my god, this is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about your story, Angel. I don't. I'm sorry. Yeah. Spike was always better anyway. Spike was better. I, I mean, agree he, with that. He truly loved Buffy. All right. Oh yeah. He, Let's not get into that, or else I will go off on a Buffy tangent. Cause I'm sure there's been a podcast or two about that. I, Spike Spike really loved Buffy, and Spike really did not want to love Buffy. At all. He wanted nothing less than to leave this dumb human woman alone. But instead, he sacrificed her. himself. Yeah. No, I'm, now I'm learning stuff today. Yeah. Because I never watched the series. Did you read the Buffy comic, or just watch the show? I read some of the comic. Just yeah. the movie over here. Uh, my big comic days were when I was working at Borders, okay. and um, I... Pretty much made my own schedule because I knew some compromising information about my boss. Nice. So I did whatever I wanted. And I, what I wanted to do at that time was just to uh, read comic books. So I would sit in the comic book section of Borders when I was supposed to be working and just read comic books. Yeah. And they'd be like, do you want to get to work? And I was like, do you want me to talk to your wife? And uh, <laughs> I was 19 at the time. And uh, oh, uh, not you, good with power of any kind. No. Uh, I learned that the most when I was in the Army, yeah. that they should never have given me any kind of control over <laughs> other people. <laughs> uh, I play favorites immediately and torture the people I don't like. This is and uh, <laughs> I've learned a lot since then. <laughs> Self-awareness well, is actually, good. The first time now. was when I was drama club president in high school, and I disbanded <laughs> the drama club and installed myself as dictator of drama. Um and they took that away from me. And then, <laughs> well, that didn't work. Sophomore man. year of college, I was uh, dorm president, and oh, uh, once again, I disbanded Congress and set up myself as a dictator, and and started collecting alcohol from students' rooms as uh, pay for my protection as dictator of the dorm. And they took they took that away from me too. Wow. All right. Well, um, power absolute power corrupts absolutely. Uh huh. Oh, that's true. Especially if you're. 19 years old and yeah or or, or maybe older than that <laughs> you don't you don't meet a lot of people who've toppled so many empires by 20 that's that's yeah, pretty you know good. i was pretty proud of myself <laughs> and I would one day i hope to overthrow a local walmart yeah. see if i can establish uh theocracy <laughs> in in a walmart it'll yeah. be uh worshiping uh, me of course but uh i, I bet you say? i bet you play Our a religion? mean game as civ 5 too no they always 
devolved because I would be a cruel god as I played Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 and I kept building the roller coaster that launched them off of a cliff <laughs> <laughs> and just laughed as all the people got in line for the <laughs> roller coaster. The and coaster. I'm like, yes, oh ride god. the roller coaster. <laughs> I am your god. And uh, I've been working on my Damn. narcissism ever since then. <laughs> Without your sign. <laughs> At least I'm self-aware now. That's all I can say. That's when you stopped and went, you know, maybe, maybe I could. <laughs> maybe it's a good this thing. this a bit much? That uh, I, I should never be in, in charge <laughs> of anything <laughs> agreed agreed here i'll even segue back to the show just like dwight shouldn't be in charge of trying to get rid of this bat <laughs> which we see emphatically in the scene where he has the bag over meredith's head it's a nightmare yeah and you said that's literally your nightmare yeah, it is your nightmare yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be it would be a bag over my head with a bat inside it while I am buried alive. <laughs> that is the ultimate no, that's nightmare. That's the worst. I mean, yeah, that's, that's... You're, you can't get out, and the bat's just twitching around till one of you dies. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, and the worst part about it, too, is, like, you think that's about, horrible. like, when something comes at your face, your first instinct is, of course, to bring up your hands. Exactly. And he's got the bag overhead, so she her hands can't even get to her face without, I don't know, smushing the bag. You got to think your brain is just screaming, <laughs> yeah. you know? She yeah, really yeah. got. She really. Mm, the state of panic would be intense. So she really picked a bad time to go Meredith. out there running and screaming. Yeah, and yeah a lot of a lot of things happen badly to Meredith. I was just thinking how they they really established her as a bit of a whipping whipping post she or is whatever. In this, a in, post. Which totally point. justifies not justifies maybe but explains her uh, destabilizing alcoholism. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. the so, drinking. Yeah. Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. Plus, have her, have her a glass kid's for me. Terrible. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Eventually, you just gotta be like. Eh. It's, it's I'm just nice. gonna sleep with this guy for, for uh, what was it? Oh, oh, for for uh, for steak discounts and, oh, and steak, steak, coupons. Yeah. steak coupons. Why did you take the Outback steak coupons? <laughs> That's good steak. Yeah, have you ever steak. had? You know, <laughs> you ever have had you know? steak, honey? And you know, yeah. something about it just made me feel classy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a miracle she ends up as good as she does it by the end. They're all doing their yoga out front, like in Dwight's class, and like she's. Oh yeah, she's all. Like wow, I think she looks good. I I love that by the end of the show they were just like all these characters who we've tried it, we've completely exposed their worst qualities. We now have to make likable for the finale. <laughs> you know, like a, I thought that was pretty neat. They yeah. all get their happy ending, even yeah. if they don't deserve it. Yeah, even if it's Ryan stealing like, a baby. <laughs> it's like haven't you told us how Jeez. terrible these people are for the past nine seasons? <laughs> One of my favorite redeeming moments for Dwight is in this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, like all of his instincts are saying. The Jim's a vampire. Like he believes yeah. it. He thinks he shot a werewolf once. Yeah. <laughs> so you know he thinks that Jim no is a vampire. Right. His greatest antagonist, the guy who is the most annoying person in his life, is a vampire. It's something he considers himself. You can always see he's got this this righteousness to him. Dwight believes that he is always right. Oh yeah. And so oh, yeah. a protector yes. and and a warrior. Mm -hmm. And so this is the prime opportunity for Dwight. To step up and do something about this, oh, yeah. but instead, he, <laughs> he shows compassion. He even arms himself. He shows sure. mercy we, 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 to his greatest, you know, enemy yeah. at this point, and yeah. he says, "Jim is on a different path now, yeah. and I wish that. him the best." <laughs> and it's like, there you go, Dwight. Well, even he's researched it. He knows that that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to become a vampire. It's just that he carries the vampir the vampiric germ. Yeah. So he doesn't. So at least he's like. So we very well. Him Benefit he, of the doubt. Right. He, at, at that stage, we very well can assume that Dwight is, is calculating in his head what Jim is. Right. He's decided he's not a threat 
I'm gonna guess yet. it's Dwight, right? Yeah, yeah yet, right now. Even you though know? Right. if he was gonna, if, if a vampire was gonna come to a Sylvania, exactly, it could come to Pennsylvania. To Pennsylvania, I agree. I like that uh, that that association there because as a child, I remember making thinking about shit like that. You know? <laughs> this is also a, well, a why is that like that? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. This is also a top cringe episode for Michael. Yeah, um, it's just I, because I think it's one of his best. Watching this again, I mean, he's just on the whole time, and he's, oh, yeah. and he's righteous. He's righteous in what he believes, and 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 that's kind of brings me back to the yeah. point I made yeah. earlier about Michael being so awkward because he's being filmed, and it's a that's performance. Yeah. So he, in his mind, this is a perfect storm. One, he got asked to business school. Two, it was by Ryan. Three. He's being filmed being this yeah. motivational See, speaker. He's already no, on stage. We've talked about this. This comes up in almost every episode, but how he always th- he thinks that there's a certain way that things should happen. Yeah. In certain He situations. thinks that if you play things out the way you they are on TV, yeah. they will end as they he, are on TV. He is so lonely. And he has yeah. been since he's a child. Yeah, like it goes right. back to that a lot where it's just him, his mom, and her boyfriend Jeff. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was it. He didn't have very many friends. And so yeah. so for Michael, he spent all this time trying to be a comedian because yeah. he wanted to make people laugh because he was so sad and so and, he and, sees this as his golden opportunity to, yeah. to do this yeah. to well, be a comedian and in his head in this fantasy world stuff like you go to speak at a school there's music that plays and you give out mm-hmm. candy bars yeah, and everyone's gonna toss. be cheering for you and throwing their hats in the exactly. air exactly you have kind of, some kind of fun shtick that's gonna make them laugh he only knows about College from TV and movies, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which saw he's that and some a big fan of because he's so lonely. He watches a ton of television. Exactly. And Everything in his life is theatrical. Exactly. Pop, and pop culture. Yeah. And always and comes up. He he always is performing, and that's yeah. why I I think that Michael Scott is not an awkward person off of camera as much as he is. Yeah. Just always trying to perform for the camera. Well, that's he why is. he gets so upset when people are doing his bits wrong, and he'll go over there and be like, yeah. no, 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 it's, no. you're doing it wrong. You, it, you, so yeah. frustrating because this is his opportunity to show you how funny he is over and over and over and over, and mm-hmm. it's his want for acceptance and someone just to be like, good job, you're funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All he wants is people to laugh. Yeah, just, and he's always trying to put the best face on things, even though and he's yeah, just like. You know, have that fake laugh and just sort of put on the eye. The b- eyes get big. Yeah, and yeah. Saying, This is what we're doing. Yes, yeah, and and yeah. trying to put the best face on everything. But then deep down inside, and you see him, you know, just being frustrated and pissed off at everything. Absolutely. And yeah. He's, you know, such eating, a, a eating childlike a fast food and feel better. A childlike sensibility to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or like yeah. he he he's just this it's, big kid, and you see it throughout the thing, throughout this the show. That's why he gets. Oh, he's so excited about things, and he's like he is with his girlfriends because he's he's still like this fourteen-year-old kid who's There's just a naivety and a faith. Yeah, you know, like he really has this sort of faith in everyone that they're gonna play along. Everything's you know? gonna work out because he was always shown by TV and movies that everything mm-hmm. works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do the thing, it works yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. He he went to Pam. He went to Pam's art show. Well, even that. that I think is that to him is is when things happen, you have to go. It's part of the storyline. Exactly. You know. Well, and he makes two dramatic turns in this episode. Everyone remembers the art show. Yeah. But, but with Ryan, when yeah. they gets back, and he's like, you know, a true manager inspires uh-huh. people and hires people. Oh yeah. And people never go out of business. You and know. It, and actually, for the first time maybe ever, Ryan is actually moved by something he said. Like. Mm-hmm. In a way, like, but then it shows Michael's diabolical <laughs> side. <laughs> oh, yeah. he goes because very gangster. calmly. He's like, "You're going to the the annex. Oh no, 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 where Kelly is waiting." And Ryan and Kelly are my favorite part of this show. Just yeah. 
It's just, it's written so well. Number one, how dare you? Yeah, I love that line. That's one of my favorite memes, too. Oh, it's such a useful meme. I use, I use it constantly. Yeah. <laughs> that or, or, or the Michael Scott bow. Yeah. I use those two very constantly. Uh. And speaking of the art show, it's my one of my favorite moments from any any sitcom. It's just a, oh, yeah. a masterful performance by yeah. Steve Carell of, of just like, and you bel- you feel the authenticity. You yeah. feel this moment of like he when he really says, "I'm it. proud of you." You're like, "That's all anyone wants to hear is something like that." You know, coming from someone that that you know you you see you have this 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 interaction, this familial connection to. Which Pam, like it or not, because Michael's sort of a pain in her butt, mm-hmm. but Pam has that with Michael. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we've been seeing for two and a half seasons how she protects him. How yeah. she works with him, how she tries to yeah. s- to guide him yeah. to be the best him. She's yeah. been his, she one of is. his biggest behind the scenes supporters yeah. right, for, right. for for forty episodes without him knowing it. So yeah. from slapping him in the first one yeah. to now giving him a hug in a, one of the most heart, oh yeah, you know, just feely yeah. inducing scenes yeah. of all time. It, I I did cry again today. I didn't think I was going to, but it, oh, yeah, I just couldn't yeah. help it. He looked he looked oh. into my soul and said, "I'm proud of you." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, <laughs> thanks, man." And then that thank you, the that. way she she hugs him. I mean, yeah. you can just feel that you that they they this is they the build it up and they cut it. Yeah, the, the turn on a dime brilliance of the, is mm-hmm. this show. Yeah, and it, then bring it right back with the cr- with the chunky. It gave yeah. me an emotional chunky for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the chunky, which is so great because there's you, you the know that ma to the end of the uh, we, business school. Yeah, we we know what the hell's going on. She has no idea why there's a chocolate bar in his pocket. She's <laughs> like, hmm. No, I'm good. <laughs> and then he's one half. <laughs> and of course, it raises the question: Was there a line in the script that he forgot to reference the chunky, or was he buying all the others and was just like, "Oh, chunky"? <laughs> right, I want this for later for myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would that line have been? Yeah. I think the right. most unmanageable part That's of the great. whole episode is that Pam expected her coworkers to come to her art show. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Why would you? My coworker. I could be like, Hey, I'm playing a show outside of work. <laughs> yeah. You literally just have to walk outside to be at my show, and my co- my coworkers yeah. would be like, Well, that's crazy. I have to go out the back today. <laughs> wish I wish I could walk outside, but I. I, I live here now, and um, I'm allergic to oxygen. And it's like, but Pam got like really upset that none of her coworkers came to oh, her show. Who? Yeah. Ke- you're the All you're the, the receptionist at a yeah. paper company. You, well, although you, although Kelly did say she would go, and she yeah. didn't go. So yeah, that's my one defense there. But everybody else, like you know, I don't know. Maybe I, I mean, you know, Toby wanted to go. That was the irony of it. The uh, way he which that shit gets just so straight up creepy. He <laughs> throws his kids under the bus. What they do is not art. And they're not. I, <laughs> maybe and he's so frustrated about it too. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. He's just a sad sack. Yeah, just, he's so miserable. <laughs> well, I've been thinking about this a whole Toby. lot lately, and I'm moving to Costa Rica. Yeah. Please. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Pam's like, no, you should go. Don't go to my art show. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> you, your so daughter, funny. and he's like, eh. Yeah. yeah, and then the the hand on the, oh god. Yeah, that's why Toby starts uh, murdering women. Yeah, as yeah. <laughs> a strain strangler. <laughs> Was he? Uh, is, there's already is there already a strangler? No, at no. this point, not we, yet. We haven't heard anything. I don't remember the first off the mm. top of my head where they're first mentioning it. All right, cool. Might be a couple seasons. Forward, and that'd be yeah. interesting to wonder if it's pre or post uh, Costa Rica, or if it's as Toby return and then so discontent Suddenly start murdering start. women. Oh. Ooh. All right, cool. I don't know. Yeah. We have to do a timeline here. Something, something we need to pay attention yeah. to as you guys go on an episode. If we finally <laughs> fucking crack that one, oh, man, the internet, we will be hailed as heroes. Legends. Yeah. Oh, 
It's not going to happen. Breaking news today. <laughs> My Man. favorite part is that, uh, you know, Toby's Paul, Paul, the guy who plays Toby, you know, Paul he, Lieberstein. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, I love how he writes himself to be that pathetic of a character like he because he's a showrunner at this oh, point yeah. i'm pretty oh, sure yeah he was yeah he was yeah he was yeah, right he was definitely on the main staff and uh mm-hmm. uh i just i think it's great mm-hmm. that he writes himself such an awful and unlikable character I, I, mm-hmm. well he didn't want to do it like they made him basically get on camera because he's just a writer at the start and he didn't want to be an act he didn't want to be the character and then like somehow he they talked him into it and he, he's not a, i mean for not being an actor by trade, he does pretty well. But that's what I think goes so well for his role. Is yeah. it supposed to just be your regular HR guy who just happens to be being recorded for this documentary? So him not being able to act brings such authenticity to the part of Toby. Oh yeah, of just some guy who doesn't want to be recorded doesn't necessarily, want to be there. Yeah. and whose job with Michael is almost impossible. And you do see a lot of episodes where he really they make sure to write him out. He's not really a big part of it. Uh, yeah, he's sort of in the background most he, of the time. He they keep him as probably one of the <laughs> smallest side characters oh, in the show really? throughout the run. Yeah, but uh, him and uh, wow, I wouldn't know who else they Creed probably. Yeah, and then they you make know. him creepy, like wanting you know, like even sabotaging Jim's job to because he's jealous that he's with Pam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. By, by the time Ryan with, with started Ryan's in, uh, in season four, co- when co- when <laughs> when Ryan was reflecting, uh, I guess oh, sorry, Ben Ben Silverman in real life. Yeah. Who I guess had the same kind of uh meteoric meteo meteoric. Thank you. <laughs> Rise and then fall due to the cocaine thing. I think that's funny that they just like openly mocked him about that. Is, Is that, that what that was, was about? I don't who, know. who was it again? One of the main producers. On the show on the office? Oh yeah. wow, I didn't know. Ben that. Silverman. No, okay. Huh. Uh, Rise and fall. Look it up. He he, yeah, he uh behind the scenes he went a little crazy on on his own little like coke benders and stuff. Oh wow. And so it, it was kind of like a reflection of of <laughs> him even. I did not uh, know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. It's, it's a very interesting tragic. <laughs> very interesting thing. But uh, you know, one of my favorite Ryan's is uh Coked out Ryan. Coked out beard uh, Ryan. Let's call Some me people a wonder call king. me a wonder king. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I know what it means, but it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I know what it means, but it's, <laughs> yeah, no. it's such a good He's thing. already cracking. Oh. This one, though, uh, Ryan really is is sort of the the, the catalyst just for for yeah. Michael to have his moments. Uh, I was I was glancing over my notes. One of the things that I love is when they get to school and he jumps oh, into yeah. the frisbee golf group. And uh, oh, the grabs a disc on. and immediately just chucks it wildly. Yeah. As an avid frisbee uh, enthusiast, it's just they're just playing frisbee. Oh, well, frisbee! Catch. Excuse me, they are Fris- frisbee golfs are much yeah. smaller and yeah. harder. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's. I, 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 I'm I'm here just to you know for technical accuracy. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Thank you. For I was catch. the uh, the disc lead at go- at Dick Sports when I used to work there. Oh, but a position you? I made up um, <laughs> after going to many staff meetings, and they kept trying to make me leave them, and I eventually got the position through uh, sheer. Uh, that's Disc called pulling lead. a Pam, uh, actually. Basically, pulling so, a Pam. Yeah. Maybe that you hate in others what you hate in yourself the most. I I hear. Yeah. So maybe oh, that's why dude. I I hate Pam so much. Is, no. Oh no! You just knew. You just. I'm on. You, you unzip me, Doc. <laughs> you unzip me. We made a paradox. We found a paradox today. Exactly. On People versus paper podcast. But I. It, it is funny because it, it's a lot. What you said earlier. It's yeah. that he had wanted this college experience. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So he and immediately ran over. He's like, yeah, throwing a Frisbee. And he's yeah. not and thinking, Ryan... what is throwing a Frisbee? How does this work? You throw it to a person. Which person does it throw? He just he threw. He just threw it. He's just like, oh, we, that's what you do. You just throw the Frisbee. Right. And Ryan's little look to the camera before he goes. Yeah. It's sort of symbolic of the whole episode, actually, if you think about it. His, he's just smirking and looking like, watch this. Yeah. He's going to fuck up. Which is basically, ostensibly, what he did with the... With the speech, because he didn't tell him beforehand. Like, exactly. Which just goes to show how maybe you know, it really was more malicious. He, de- maybe he, he deserved w- to get. Yeah, I yeah. believe. I believe you're right. You know, su- maybe su- whether it was subconscious, whatever. I think you're right. And he gets his fucking comeuppance because we get to see yeah. him back now in the annex with Kelly. Well, right. and he was hesitant. We saw that in the beginning in the monologue with the, you know, I maybe I'd be an idiot not to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think I think even at that point it was more of a. Um, I don't want to be embarrassed by Michael, not a hesitation. It was more of a like, I don't want to be, I don't he want did, this he guy to embarrass me. He doesn't care about Michael, me. or he doesn't care about what no. Michael does. He only cares about the stuff that reflects on him. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's and, why he, yeah. and that's why he gets so upset during the speech, because Michael's embarrassing him. It yeah, doesn't matter that Michael is being embarrassed or, no. or is no. like really freaking out about this. All Ryan cares about is that Michael is embarrassing him. And then when and Michael he, yeah. finally is like, Ryan never even got a sale, and like, oh, that's yeah. the ultimate for Ryan. Someone he doesn't respect disrespecting him in front of the room that he wants the most respect from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, <clears throat> and he calls him a tease. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It goes back to that. Uh, I love that when he huh, starts sexual. getting defensive, he is so he is ready to throw him under a bus like that and just be like, oh. sell him out, you know, and just be like, you know, he's not. He's not all he should be, looks like, either, you know? And I think that goes back to what you're saying about the ultimate just familiar betrayal. Like, when my brothers, when we were younger, and he would sell me out and something, they'd be like, well, he does this, 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 and this. It's just that visceral, immediate reaction of being betrayed by someone you trusted. Yeah. Uh And uh, not exactly healthy coping mechanisms, but, you know, we do what we can. Hey, you know, people are people. Yeah, exactly. And and, and with uh, the the business school setting, we get that great straight man of the students who I feel like really are the the supposed to be the the, the normal person's reaction to Michael Scott. And the professor. Oh, yeah. His ebony tower. Oh, yeah. Oh, that line. The way that he (laughs) says ivory tower and doesn't understand it as a a class metaphor and sees it as a race metaphor immediately because ivory means white is such a brilliant little side story about Michael Scott. His, that his, line yeah, his said, uneducatedness, uh, his ignorance. Yeah. Naivete slash ignorance, whatever you want to call it. Naivete, right? yeah. ignorance, slash uh, over-exuberance <laughs> to still comment whenever he can. Right. To jump into that race conversation that and didn't act, need to be had And right act then. like he knows what he's talking about yeah, yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I... Well, and he does that honestly. It's a, so he said with that whole speech because everything he says is such. He essentially says the basics of sales, like as you would explain them to a four-year-old, you know. And, and essentially, yes. I think that they had a great reaction to how you would react if you were in business school and someone's like, "Oh, here's you know my manager," and he just starts talking about candy, yeah. and like explaining yeah. how basic transactions are. Yeah, you sell something, they give you money. You can have a lot of money. Yeah. To buy things. <laughs> and then you, you would honestly be sitting there incredulous, like, why are you here? What are you doing? Yeah. Like, w- what was are that? We, are we being punked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is this a joke? Like, yeah. I think they had a, a very fair reaction. I mean, yeah. I would have, the only unfair reaction is that they wouldn't have actually tried to catch the candy bar. You throw candy at someone, someone's going to try and catch candy. I mean, 
Yeah, well, and I, I love the one thing I do. That scene where he hits the guy with it is great, but I, I do have to like wonder, like, what was that guy so busy typing? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really? When yeah, Michael's yeah, giving yeah, this yeah. speech, <laughs> so you sell the paper, <laughs> you get the. This is brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> See? Are, they, are they just inform- like? Do they have to type everything the guy says? Because that's what it seems like. That's yeah. what they have. I to think do. I'm onto something oh, here. Yeah. They're just so trained yeah. to, 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 to <laughs> now write that down. Yeah, and they all did. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he has that one little line where he says, he says, I can't remember the term, but something uh, fancy word for money. Yeah. Is it like funds or something? Like, oh, or yeah. capital, maybe? Yeah. It, wasn't anyway, ca- it wasn't even even complicated. It wasn't that it was complicated. Like, uh, no, but that's, and that's his misperception. He thinks he is talking to like a elementary school like like they don't know anything yeah in his mind like they they came without any knowledge of business and here i am the businessman amongst the business students like that that is something you would say to a high school or elementary right it's like the leap is that he's everything he is a businessman so what he says is business knowledge so whatever he says must be business knowledge oh yeah Yeah, his knowledge came from his experience and that's what he says when he's ripping up the book yeah trade these books for life experiences which she feels so bad for that kid oh god yeah that's (laughs) the that's the second most disappointed classroom michael scott will ever see yeah the second oh yeah it is (laughs) And for, verbatim, and uh, <laughs> I know yeah. exactly. And, uh, oh oh yes. I, yes, I request, I request now I don't. to be on that episode. <laughs> I want to do that one in the far future when we wow. get to uh, Scott's tots. Make a note. Make a note. You really? Oh yeah, I want to unpack that one. Oh. It's gonna be a tough one. Oof. Okay. Oof. I'm not gonna like that one. We can, we can definitely do that. That's the one People that like the dinner party. I hate Scott's. Tots. No, dinner party is the the best office of the best episode of the office in my opinion. Dinner really? party is, is the greatest. Tri- triumph and tribute to this awkward comedy and mm. Scott's tots hurts me. Yeah. It hurts me. When they start doing the dance, it hurts me. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Scott, what <laughs> you gonna do? And you're like, no. <laughs> and all you wanna you're just like yelling at the TV and I like so many episodes just like Michael, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. It'll be so just say so Oh, nope. Okay. Yeah. All right, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> this is the choice you made. Yeah, it is not the choice I would have made, but um, okay, whatever. Uh, but and we get we do of course get uh, a preview of, of just how cringy it can get here with how bad that speech does get. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, back over in Dunder Mifflin, Scranton, we have uh, the bat situation under control. Bat situation. Under I'm trying to think if there's anything we've missed overall. Yeah. Just Oscar and his, uh, yeah, his oh, boyfriend's critique. Oh, uh, yeah, over yeah, at the gallery. Yeah, yeah. The him and Gil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who we, which I love because we don't see much of him in the office. Gil. Uh, Oscar. Or Oscar. In this episode. And he is one who actually went. Yeah. And so I give him points for that. It's a nice pop in from him, yeah. And of course, the, you know, the, 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 they've been dropping hints of his homosexuality, and one of the things is that they've oh. su- suggested that he's cultured. Yeah. You know? You wanted more culture. Like, they're not being cultured enough. I know, It's yeah. also Scranton, Pennsylvania, so you have to assume but that art shows might be far and few between. So, so they if you are like, a, a man of the culture, then you would go... Like Zara, yeah, let's go at least go see. Did you, you, see, you see what the name of the show is called? No. no. Artists for Art. <laughs> <laughs> and that is so, definitely a joke. So Roy really wasn't far off. <laughs> Your art is the prettiest all the hey, art he's, he's the trying. What art. does Roy know about art? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. He knows that his girlfriend loves <laughs> See, it. But she wants him to be more honest. I think that's what it is. He's not being fully honest with her. I don't know. I yeah. Say. She's part, just, of, just, part of me thinks just that. Just in that he doesn't like art? Yeah. Like, yeah. 
he's just trying to be nice to her. You know? He just like, wants like to go drink. Should. Yeah, exactly. He brought his brother. I mean, that's just a yeah. bit. You brought your brother. That's, that's like landed on too heavy. And Kenny's, yeah. well, Kenny's uh, the Kenny, worst. Yeah. Well, and he he's so... Roy's whole thing, even the minute he gets there, is to be like, look, I came, and no one from work is here. You know, the misguided He automatically points that out. That's the thing. You never see him, like, talk about the pieces with her or something. Like, a boyfriend might try, but I don't know. Here's the thing, like... He's very bad at this. The office, the picture of the building is great. It's good. Sure. But the rest of them are fine. Yeah, they're not They're not great, so I... I don't think that you know Oscar and his and and Gil's critiques were too far off. Like they're not wrong. They're not complete. But don't say that at the art show. That's a dick move. But but that's still everything she did is so much better than anything I could do. Oh, 100 percent. You know, 100 percent. So still, just be like, yeah, those are really pretty. Just be like, hey, good job. This is your passion. Be supportive. Be supportive of the arts. You know, as Toby would say, there's no no fucking depth of color and theme or motif. I don't fucking know. There's a little moment later on when Dwight actually. Uh, preaches because there's like two shadows or something. He's like, "What am I wrong? What is, like? Yeah, I can't remember what the episode. What is are we exactly, on? Two but, sons. I mean, we got two yeah, dudes. Last I checked in the solar system, we only have you know one son. But you know, she's expressing herself. No, and she's and taking a point. chance, and that's and, yeah. the point. And like, it even does, if she is you know, a selfish sociopath, yeah. but it yeah. does yeah. try on her Mediocre behalf. Artist. When he says he's not. There, she's not courageous. It takes courage to exhibit your art. A hundred percent, absolutely. Okay, yeah. So, so I mean, I want to. I did want to kind of kick. Uh, Gill in the nuts when he said that. Well, and even for all his critiques, does any of that need to be said? No, like he's being no, overly he's co- catty he's for an her amateur to, artist. Who did he compare if, if Picasso? He, yeah, the hands. the hands of the right, peasants. The hands <laughs> of the peasants. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's like <laughs> she works what in she, an <laughs> office for fuck's sake. She's she, in a she school. just likes the watercolor. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Dick. Her aunt got her a set for Christmas. Back off. <laughs> it, it'd be like me going to like a middle school talent show and and critiquing the songwriting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know what? That was kind of contrived. And, you know, I, I don't think your riffs are that great right now. It's like, so you should yeah. give up. Yeah. Just quit. Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah. you don't have the passion for it. How long have you been playing? Three three weeks? No, I wouldn't do this. No, you need another career, friend. <laughs> yeah. You're no doing pro- this for you. You're no yeah. prodigy, okay? <laughs> I, I do agree with that. I, I, I do kind of think uh, it was such an interesting time in television with having gay characters, too. It's like oh, yeah. you had to do something to automatically let people know that the character was gay without focusing on the character uh, sexual identity mm. because like 2006 was such a weird oh, time yeah. where like marriage equality was still not happening in a lot of states and it was mm. like so they had to be cultured and kind of bitchy yeah you know yeah, so exactly. you knew right. it's right. it's kind of like be tipped it, off to it it, it couldn't would, be too normal. Exactly. Like, they couldn't it, just be it, there, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, or in any other scene, you know. Or, like, like, more common. Of course, yeah. There's a lot of little like use of stereotypes. He had that to was, be lilting in the way he spoke. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Like, to, there was a certain stereotype there. It's, and it's still a was, present, yeah. And this is what, 2006, 07, with, I think? Yeah. yeah. Purposefully. And it, yeah. it's just, it's just. Maybe not, should have been necessary. So weird when you kind of watch some of these shows and like society, even in the early 2000s, it's like, that's so bizarre. Oh, yeah. All these these character archetypes, it's like, this is bizarreness. Well, and I've <laughs> noticed that too with like things from the 90s that have uh, gay representation is is how at the time we felt it was so progressive and right. we, we were doing great and go man go and, right. and and then looking back you're like man that was real shitty <laughs> we, like even the Seinfeld episode not that there's anything wrong with it and it's like yeah. that was so progressive at the time but sure. at the same time it's still like yeah there was such man, a yeah this is a yeah. this is all really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> now looking now, back on it, like well then just shut up, well, that's, dude. That's, <laughs> you know maybe that shows the society has progressed. 
yeah. to a degree. Which so it has. Well, yeah, actually, I think that's where they came from at the time. And people saw, hate progression. Well, I, I saw yeah. an article this week that actually calls <laughs> out uh, the story and the writing on a, a, about a dozen episodes of that show. Uh, for that, they're really just—it's not the kind of thing that would even fly nowadays. Oh, not at all. Seinfeld? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, yeah, they'd have their problems. And I mean, uh, you know, one uh, there was the Indian Giver episode, for example. Yeah. You know, which is uh, trying, try, trying to, you know, make light of, you know, you know, not and, and about how Native Americans are treated and trying right, right, right. to encourage and, and, better and treatment, but the way they yeah. do it is pretty harsh. Yeah, you know, there, there are stereotypes, you know, joked about in the show. Way, yeah, way and there. that, yeah. and yeah, what, that would be that would be tough to put on today. And like, this show too, The Office. We've talked about oh, yeah. how it couldn't do it now. You know, Steve Carell even came out and said that with that push for a reboot that's mm-hmm. been going around recently. Mm-hmm. And this episode, largely, uh, stuff like that Ivany Ebony joke might uh, wouldn't wouldn't fly as well. I don't think. <laughs> uh, but uh, but by and large, this one's pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's good. There's I mean, not a lot of vampire apologists that I think would come out of the woodwork. Not after Twilight. No. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) And I I think, too, uh, what I do like, too, is I feel like some of... I want to know... uh, uh, I'm going to pull this one up again real quick because I... I, Cool. My neighbors are building something next door. Oh, that's good. Glad to see they made the episode. We got a soundtrack. Guest stars. Yeah. I want to see who wrote this one. This one was written by Brent Forrester. Uh, because I was I was looking for that Whedon tone in the writing, but mm-hmm. I didn't really hear uh-huh. much of that. So. Oh, well, well, fun fact about Joss Whedon: apparently, he hated the original. Stu- I, don't, I don't know what it was, but the original pieces they were going to use for Pam's stuff or art oh, show, yeah? he like stopped production so they could go find different stuff. Oh so wow! That was the second idea of stuff of, <clears throat> of collection. That huh. So he pulled a gill on the first batch. He Somewhat. was like, "This is not this good. Is, no, this is not what Man. explains Pam." Well, how you can tell it's not a, a Whedon episode good. that he wrote is because there's not enough strong women characters in it, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, Any yeah, Whedon yeah. thing, it's got to have more lines and right. more, more. There would have been four more it. women in the cast. <laughs> one of them one would have had a secret past, and one of them knows martial arts out of nowhere oh, for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, none of them would. Definitely would have gotten caught in that bag with the bat. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, or been like Kelly. Kelly has a great little turn, a uh, few awesome moments in this episode. But really the point does. where she's bitching to Creed about not killing the bat, mm-hmm. and then immediately, mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as they get him out of there, kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it. Oh yeah, that's great. Her stuff with Pam is good. The uh, and yeah. the, of course the stuff at the end with Ryan is just such a nice little coda mm-hmm. to the episode. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, don't don't get excited. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't, I won't. <laughs> she's she's sort of a little character, you know, at this point. But yeah. she's uh, she's she's really adorable. She's good know. at making such a character because she's so really not like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh God. Yeah. So I. That's from what I've seen. That's what I love. One of the uh, later episodes when she's going for the diversity program and she starts dressing yeah. like like oh, a yeah. uh, business bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> or like the when she's dressed in full Indian garb to try and act like she's more oh. like oh, from right, her right, from right, her right, country. Right, right, right. Oh yeah. Because she's yeah because she. The minority program. Oh, uh-huh. it's so good. <laughs> Kelly's Kelly's one of my absolute favorites. She's great. The uh, <sighs> we do get a lot of her. We get a lot of don't, not much Stanley because he takes off when the bat shows up. But great, great, great little moment of Stanley though. Yeah. He, he's not he's not even terrified. He's like calm, like just not terrified. Just cover your just head and w- get he's out. Just of walking there. quickly. Uh, Stanley takes any opportunity he can to leave. So I think he's <laughs> yeah. more than anything just going bats here. <laughs> yeah. This works. This is we my opportunity. We haven't seen him move that yeah. fast since Pretzel Day. Yeah, I will say. Uh, the uh, but yeah, but 
awesome episode. I do have trivia. If we ever do you? Yeah, I think I think let's Did we cover everything. Yeah, let's man. I feel like we there was a lot in this episode. We really so as we were watching it's it, we kept saying, "Oh, this is that episode too. Yeah. Oh, this mm-hmm. has that moment in it too." It's That's not the simplest of episodes. It really. I mean, because we essentially have three plots happening. Oh yeah, which yeah, are, yeah. And, and they're all really developed. Really get time to shine. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. Once again, the what is it? The uh, economical economic story economy yeah. of time yeah yeah the economy of time and the yeah. storytelling and the writing here is it's it, all pretty even they keep it tight i mean mm-hmm. and we don't you know what we don't get though that i think about which would eat up time <laughs> and, and i'm sure it's inconsequential but uh pauses we don't have a lot of scenes where a character has to just sort of have that pause to, right. to no. get that, that beat that we see a lot of in this show. The where they're all just working on their computers yeah, and yeah. waiting for like a phone call or a cop. yeah, yeah, I, I can yeah. see that. Or anytime Michael does something and yeah. the reaction is just Jim or Pam just silence. You yeah, know, or the end with, with end with Pam is what I'm thinking of as far as yeah. Um, oh no! Or uh, okay, I will say uh, when Jim is uh, you know bumping up against White at the end and then oh, he's yeah. walking away and he kind of just like he's all. Oh yeah, oh, that's such a with his moments, with his movement, and he's just like, popping Dwight, popping the collar, the way he looks yeah. back over it like an old <laughs> vampire Dwight. poster. I kind of wonder if that was that the Joss Whedon style in certain. W- would you recognize that in B- in Buffy? I I feel like collars up. I never. Uh, no 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 no. I mean like the camera movement, like oh. the way. Oh, I wonder. Is that similar? It's like kind of just. <laughs> and then and then the awesome just pull back from Dwight so you can see the broom at the bottom. The broom with the, the, steak. the steak on it. <laughs> Makes me want to go back and watch some Buffy and look for similar shots. It kind of makes me want just want to rewatch Buffy in general. Cause <laughs> I put on an episode the other night, man. That show still holds up. It, it's cheesy and old, but it holds it up. It has some super awful camp and fight scenes, but oh, still yeah. it has some soul to it. That That's what I like about it. That was WB, right? Uh, yes, yes. Or, yeah, it was, it was something. It was <laughs> Warner Brothers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure cool. it was on twelve. I think. Okay, maybe in syndication, or I, I'm not sure. I Man, know. I don't know. Yeah, time is time is meaningless. Whatever. Uh, That's uh, going back a long way. Yeah. It is exactly. All right, Brian, hit us with some trivia. I'll hit you with some trivia. Um, we just shout an answer in. When yeah, you know just it. shout an answer right. if you know it. Uh, we used to have buzzers, but we gave up the buzzers. Yeah, OLA's got them. It's way oh. too. It's way Bzz. too much. Yeah. All right. What does Creed call Meredith in this episode? At the end of the episode. When they're all uh, leaving from the Mary Ann. Mary? No. no? Close. Uh, Marjorie? Nope. What is it? Mary Beth. Mary, Mary Beth. Beth. I knew uh, it was Mary something. <laughs> Damn, yeah. Oh, and I remember that scene, too. All right. Name three of the five candy bars Michael Scott references in this episode. Whatchamacallit, 100 grand in Snickers. Got He's it. got the chunky in his pocket. Uh, also. Uh, and payday. Uh, payday. Yeah. Whatchamacallit, yeah, payday and chunky. Yep. All right. Um. Who, which character said this? Animals can't feel pain. Dwight. Creed. Creed. Got Creed. it. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I don't, don't want to give a quick shout Animals out to Zach Amon of Everybody Loves Amon because yeah. he came up with a, a question kind of like that Okay. on his show that he was playing with you. Yeah. And I thought that was really clever, so I'm stealing that technique. Sorry. Thanks, Zach. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, name, me, and name me two of the Goliaths that America is facing. Uh, Al-Qaeda. <laughs> Uh, sex, sex abusers. Mercury poisoning. No, no. <laughs> sex <laughs> predators. Yes, okay. <laughs> Mercury poisoning. Uh-huh. And um, what's the fourth one? Um, I wrote them down. Hang on. Global warming. Global warming. <laughs> yep. Nice. <laughs> the four of the five. We didn't get to the fifth. Uh, and real quick, since when has uh, what age has Dwight been uh, controlling animals? Six. Got that. Nice. 
And now, and the last one, kind of a downer. But what two qualities uh, can, are not Pam's strong suit, according to Oscar? Honesty, honesty, and courage. You got yeah. it. Yeah. So that's that was it. All right, man. And I'm gonna go look up Ben Silverman. Yeah, yeah historic rise and fall. It's uh, it's interesting stuff. Yeah, that was a great episode. Yeah, this thanks. Really thanks for having me on for that one. Yeah, thank you, thank yeah. you for coming I, on. I was, was uh, overwhelmed by the art show as always, but <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, you know, we'd been talking for, for a while. Coming. Oh yeah, on the show, and uh, you've been on uh, Opinions Like a Holes with uh, me and Zampino a couple uh, months back. Yep, mm. and. Um, so I really just booked you because I was like, let's get Joey on. And this really, for, for, for someone who's such a, a part of our creative community and for someone who's just so damn encouraging, you've always <laughs> been a, a vocal supporter of other people and a, a vocal awesome. about encouraging others. Um, uh, to, that scene with Michael very much rang true for me to have you on. So so thanks a lot for joining us. Oh, yeah. uh, thanks that, so much, man. man. Great. It was a pleasure. This is fun. And uh, they can uh, fans can look up Sound of Tulsa, check out the old episodes. Yeah. And then uh, we've got some new stuff coming down the pipe real soon. Yeah, we're going to do some videos soon. And uh, check out my other project, Cliff Diver. Yeah. My little cool. pump pox. Pump pop. What? Pump pop. Punk pop. Pump pop. Punk pop. pop. <laughs> Saxophone emo band. Yeah. Cliff Diver. With we're piano. on... Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, oh. Apple Music, uh, uh, Disc Jams, uh, the Hit Tapes, the Toothbrushes that you brush your teeth and it plays music while you brush. Perfect, or, yeah. or in all the major streaming. Oh, you got a chip embedded in your head. I oh, think. for sure. Yeah. So, And uh, we'll throw a link to Naturally. the Facebook page in the comments on this on our Facebook page. Fantastic. Most definitely. Uh, and uh, you'll come back and join us again. I'd love to. Please. Yeah, please come back do. Come back next season and then uh, yeah. maybe uh, maybe we'll see you again in season seven for a certain episode. A little, a little, a little certain episode he's, here or there. What you going to do? Nine, so he's coming yeah. back. I, yeah. I've yeah, watched it all. You have me anytime. It was a pleasure. Fantastic. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, thanks so much. And uh, Brian, thank you to you. It was a pleasure, man. All right. And I want to thank all thank of you, you for listening to the People Persons Paper Podcast. We've been so very happy to have you. And I hope you'll join us next week Dude. because for next week, we're testing smoke alarms to make sure everybody's safe. <laughs> <laughs>